Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with the Language Hacking Podcast, episode number eight. In this episode, Benny Lewis and I chat with Louisa, who we first met when she was learning Chinese in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. Louisa joined the challenge to learn Mandarin Chinese because of her children who were learning the language at school and because she wanted to form a deeper connection to her heritage. In this episode, we touch on the gold list method for learning vocab and how the Fluent in Three Months Challenge helped Louisa get out of the language learning slump she hit during night classes. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to look up any of the resources we talk about, you can find out more in the show notes at languagehacking.com slash eight. And one last thing, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. It really helps us spread the word about language hacking. Now, on to the interview with Louisa. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Shannon. Hello. And we have a very interesting guest for you today. Louisa has actually been a very active participant in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, um, and we have multiple reasons we wanted to uh, talk to her today. But first, uh, Louisa, do you want to give us a little introduction to yourself and your um, your language background? Hi, everyone. So I'm Louisa, and this is my after my third challenge at the moment. Um, initially started in June last year with the first uh, challenge. It was the Add One Challenge, and I started learning Chinese. So the reason for that is um, a couple of things. So firstly, I always enjoyed. Um, listening to Chinese um, language and programs, but I never understood it. And also my background is, you know, I'm, I'm of Asian descent, um, but my family moved um, to Australia. So we never really spoke Chinese at home. So my English is my native language and I just wanted to be able to learn second language. Um, so that's the first one. And then the second reason is because my children are learning Chinese at school and I wanted to help them um, improve their spoken language at home. So I wanted to be able to help by speaking at home and um, hopefully be able to improve their marks at school as well with their Chinese exams. Um, and so this is my third challenge now and I've enjoyed the different, um, the progress through the challenges and I've seen the progress. So that's why I've kept coming back. What was your level when you did your first challenge in Chinese? Um, it was very... Um, bit, uh, beginner basically. Um, I had done perhaps six months of night courses um, 20 over years ago and I forgot about that. Um, so I basically started from scratch again. Um, so I had a new bit of pinyin so that, that helped a lot so that I could learn a little bit faster. Um, but um, the main thing is that I didn't know much. I just knew how to count um, and just to say my name and that's really it. Uh, so you said that in the past you did a night course and that you had learned some Chinese. Then mm. I'm curious to know what some of the things you did in the challenge were that made such a difference in your progress with Chinese. Yeah, so the night courses were um, a group of lessons at night and um, it, they were different in that they were 
space for books and there was no speaking, um, just really just learning off the books. And I never spoke the language at that time. It was more learning um, just written um, in terms of English and pinyin. So the challenge is very different. So it's, um, it's really based on listening and speaking. So it's a conversation at the end. And I enjoyed that aspect and I found that I actually um, improved more with that. Um, I think language, you have to be able to speak it. There's no point learning a language if you don't speak it. So that's why I, I think the goals of this challenge or these challenges are really the, the crux of what language learning is about. And I'm, I'm very curious to hear what your background was as you were coming into this um, uh, language learning stage in just the last year or so um because you you would have had an interest in learning chinese before then i'm sure so what kind of what would that experience have been like up until last year before you took this uh this night class and uh what do you think changed to to really like light a fire under your ass to really kick you into getting into language learning mode yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I suppose um, I stopped doing the night classes because of work and just not having enough time. And I didn't have the interest um, to con continue because it wasn't, I wasn't seeing any progress. I wasn't seeing any ability to be able to speak with other people um, in that language. Um, but more recently, and then I had a family and, you know, so they, that sort of is my, was my priority. But then more recently, like last year, I was thinking with my children having to learn Chinese or learn a language and chose Chinese, I wanted to actually help them because um, they didn't know how to speak it and we don't practice it at home. So compared to their peers or their um, classmates who have a background in Chinese and so they were speaking it at home, so they were at an advantage already. So I wanted to try and level it up a little bit and just to help them in school yeah so that was my main um incentive last year as a fellow mother who does languages with their kids i'm curious to know what some of the strategies you use are to incorporate language learning into your family life okay so i think um fortunately my children are a little bit bigger now so i don't have to do as much for them mm -hmm. um and we have like a routine now and so they do their homework they go to school and I have a bit more time in that sense. Um, so my routine is actually, I prefer to study in the evenings. So after dinner, after I've done the cooking and you know, settled them down and everything, and they're doing their homework, or after they go to sleep, then I do my studies. And I find that's the best time for me. So it's quiet, the house is you know, peaceful, and there's no one to look after. So that's my best time when I study. And do you think um, having the language at home uh, how how does this change the situation where in terms of how you interact? Like, has it been a theme that you've begun to use the language with your children? Oh, yes, um, from the time I started. So it's actually quite interesting. I started using whatever I knew. And um, initially it was very basic uh, and my children could understand. But then after a while, they found I could speak more than what they knew. Yeah. <laughs> and that was interesting. So um they said that I knew more words than they did <laughs> um, by the end of my six months or so. Um, and they were surprised. Um, but I think they're used to, to me speaking now. So I speak as much as I can at home with them in Chinese. 
Um, and it's really just basic things, uh, routine, daily activities that we do every day. Um, so they're used to that language now. And my daughter, especially, she's very good. She, she will reply back in Chinese. Um, my son, not so much, but I'm trying to get him to do it more. <laughs> yeah. Going back to the challenge, I'd love to know what your favorite thing was about doing the challenge. Yeah, my favorite thing was um, being part of the community. And I know a lot of people have said that, and uh, it's true, because um, just getting that um, motivation, um, the ability to have the continual sort of support throughout the challenge is very, very helpful. Um, and I think having you and Elizabeth um, as the community, as coaches, as the coaches, um, it was very, very helpful. Um, and just making new friends or meeting new people has been very, um, very exciting as well. Yeah. So if you were to, let's say you had the same process and you put the same amount of effort in to learning the language by yourself over um, each one of those three month uh, processes. It's, it's hard for a lot of people to appreciate what the community really brings to things because they imagine learning the language it's just studying words and um, sentence structures and maybe practicing that a little bit and that's all there is to it. But like what what really what difference do you think the uh, that learning with other learners has brought to your experience? Yeah, so it's made it more like a com uh, community of um, with people of similar interests, of the same interests. So we learn from each other and we, um, I learn from others and we can give support to each other. So if there are questions, especially questions, um, people ask questions all the time and there's always someone who can answer the question. So if you're ever stuck with any question, um, not knowing how to do something or how to, what language resource to use or um, how to go about doing something, there's always someone who can answer your question. I think that's the best because otherwise um, in real life um, without that um, language community, there's no, there's no, no one really that you can ask. Um, and there's a lot of experienced challenges as well. We've been through challenges in the past or have been learning multiple languages. And so they can actually give a lot of very good advice as well. Um, and I think that's one of the best, I think best things about the challenge is that you can ask questions, you get ans your answers, and um, you get pr progress because of that. You, you get supported because of that. Um, yeah, that's the, the main reason. With the community, um, it's obvious that it's helped you stay motivated to learn your languages while participating in the challenge, but I'm curious to know what some of the other things that you did to stay motivated were while you were studying Chinese as a part of the Fluent Three Months Challenge. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I developed a habit. So it's more like a, a, a system. Um, so it's um, with the, each challenge, uh, there was an evolution of the things I used and what I did um, to try and keep it to keep it interesting. So the main thing is to have a system, um, whether it be uh, well, I, I focused on things like speaking. Uh, listening um, and vocabulary. So those are my main, main, main goals. And then this current challenge I'm doing, um, which is the third challenge, I'm focusing also on um, learning to write Chinese. Um, so as long as I do find a system that covers these four goals each day, I'm quite happy. Even if I don't have time, I, I just do two of the goals and I just make it consistent each day. 
and, and finding something fun, something that keeps me interested in continuing each day. I think that's the main, that's the main um, uh, plan of attack that I use each day. And you've been so active in the challenge yourself that you've actually uh, even become a language coach to help other people in their own challenges. So how has that been different uh, to your experience um, learning it just originally um, as a participant uh, without the coach aspect to it? And how how do you think you've um, you've helped people with their own language challenges? Okay, so it's um, a little bit different now. Um, I'm not so focused on just my own learning, so I'm interested in how other people are going. And, um, I, you know, I really see the benefit of having that support, so I try and support the other, the other challenges, especially the new ones, those who have trouble with the technology, for example, or have no idea what resources to use. So because I've been through it, I, I actually know what or how the, what the process is and how they can find those resources. And I try and help them with that. Um, and your second question? Um, just mostly how has it been different to see it from that different perspective as a coach? Like what things do you appreciate now compared to when you did your very first challenge? Um, so I appreciate now the support I got from the past um, with you know, from Shannon and Elizabeth and yourself so um i see i appreciate what you've done so i try and emulate that um in my sort of in my working now the challenge Mm. you said that as a coach you're a little bit more aware of some of the challenges and things that the other learners are facing so i'm curious to know what are some of the biggest challenges that you've noticed and what has your advice been to help learners overcome them okay so i guess um everyone sometime at some time have a challenge um, that's outside of this challenge so um, whether it be social or family or work um, so sometimes that can stop some people from continuing or uh, reduce their motivation Um, so i find that um, uh, so, so just by helping them so trying to give them support helps um i think and uh and people also in the challenge have uh, been quite open about any challenges that they're facing. And I think that helps the other challenges as well to know that it's not just them, but everyone also has comes across different challenges in life. And one thing that we appreciate that you've done in your projects is how, how methodological you've actually been with your tutoring sessions. So I'm actually curious to hear a bit more about that and especially how you organize your time with tutors. Like how um, it could, because as a busy mother, that's going to uh, factor into things. Like how do you organize your time and uh, what kind of methods do you have in terms of working around your tutoring sessions? Okay, so um, with the tutoring, I use the online tutoring, um, which is iTalki. And uh, I try to book in advance, maybe a week in advance. Um, and I find that that helps so that um, I have the set dates and times so I try and work around those dates and times um, and I basically just if I know my schedule I try and fit it around um, the, my free time or time that I'm, no, no other activities are going on um, so I do about one uh, minimum one lesson a week um, sometimes two sometimes three so it just depends on what my um, ability or capability is 
So when you're taking part in the challenge, one of the goals, well, the main goal is to have a 15-minute conversation in your new language, which for you is Chinese. And this is the Language Hacking Podcast. So I'm curious to know, especially since you were so systematic, what the three kind of hacks or activities that you did were to accomplish this goal and reach that 15-minute conversation. Okay. So the first one is speaking. So it's more the lessons that the live or online lessons on Italki um, has really it's the main um, the main uh, ability of how I, how, how I actually got to that point at 90 days um, and then the learning itself is through um, podcasts so listening so lots and lots of listening so I listen every day um, in the car or um, at home and during exercise as well so that's the second part. And then the vocabulary I learned, um, I like a method called gold listing. So that just means writing lots of sentences every day uh, with the new words in them and uh, writing and, and just reading um, in those sentences that helps me with uh, the vocabulary. And how have you uh, adapted the, this newest uh, challenge to work more around the written aspect? Because uh, I know learning Hansa characters can be very complex and usually people would imagine all that's going to be is just opening up the book and writing the character out over and over again. But how have you um, taken advantage of the, uh, the challenge aspect and implemented that in your character um, studies? Mm. So um, this challenge, I was more interested in the in the writing. So I I asked your advice and you recommended a textbook, and I, I'm using that now. Um, and there's another challenger in a previous challenge who also used the same textbook, and he recommended that. So I, I thought, well, it should be a good thing to do. Um, and with this textbook, um, it doesn't come with any pinyin or any sort of what how to how to describe the characters. So I actually have to use another um, system, which is an app. Um, and that actually is quite, I find it's actually very good, um, combining the two to actually learn the characters. And I find that it's working quite well. And as far as your 90-day videos, what mm -hmm. did you um, discuss in the videos? How did you plan for them? And how did you feel that they came out? Mm -hmm. So the first challenge, um, it was with, my Italki um, tutor, um, and she was really good. I found that I, I chose her because um, she was very patient um, and she spoke very clearly. So that's one thing that's very important. Um, and uh, she kept she knew she knew my level, so she kept to a very sort of basic conversation. Um, but we kept going, and, uh, and actually we were able to speak for about fifteen minutes. So I was quite um, quite surprised and quite happy about. The second challenge, um, I, I knew a bit more. I could listen better. So um, I actually had a, a couple of tutors. So I, I, I did the um, recording for both. And then I found that uh, with one of them, she was speaking quite um, uh, at a normal rate of speech. And I could still understand her. So I was also very happy with that one. So I chose that video. Um, and I was quite happy that I had made that progress um, from the first challenge to the second challenge. I could see that I could actually listen better, I could hear, I could understand more. Um, and even at the nat normal, natural rate of speech, um, I found that I could understand and which made me really happy. You mentioned previously that one of the uh, tools that you were using was the gold list method. Could you kind of uh, summarize that for us a bit? 
Okay, so it's a method I've I, I found in the first challenge that I did, um, and it's um, there's uh, an explanation of it, a very good one by uh, Lydia Makova. Um, so she's done a very nice YouTube explanation, um, but it's uh, basically a way of learning vocabulary, and it's um, it, I think it just depends on the person whether they want or if they're interested in this sort of system. But for me, I like the writing. So for me, writing helps me remember. And um, I like the system because it, you, you learn, you write down 20 sentences each day. Um, and then every two weeks, you go back and try and remember those sentences and the structure. Uh, and uh, these sentences include a new word or some new words um, so that each day you learn the, the 20 new words or sentences. Um, and I find that um, over time, it actually does build up. Um, and I found also that I do remember probably about 60 or 70% of the words or sentences uh, each time, every two weeks. Um, and then at the end of it, you probably don't remember maybe two or three or four sentences at the end of the book, six or eight weeks. Um, but that's, I find that's a good way of uh, having a long-term uh, memory, uh, of remembering the words and sentences. Uh, without actually going back to them in between those uh, the two weeks, yeah, before the two weeks is up. You mentioned that your tutor and the gold listing method were really great resources for you while doing the challenges. What mm -hmm. other resources have you found very helpful? Um, so besides also the podcast like I mentioned, um, and oh well. I guess uh, just having the apps on the phone and using them as well. So um, things like the dictionary is very useful. I use it every day as well as uh, Google Translate. So I use that as also every day. So thinking about sentences or if I, can't, if I don't know the words, I tend to type it in into the Google Translate and it will come up with the sentence. Um, although I have to be careful sometimes that, to make sure that it is correct. Uh, so I... I might ask um, my tutor or someone else. So based on how your system has evolved over these three challenges, mm. what do you think you would have done in the initial challenge that didn't work? And what lessons have you learned that have helped you do it better with, with each one? Okay, so I think, uh, I guess it's, it's been like an evolution. So it's um, just finding the best method that suited me. Um, finding the things I actually enjoy doing. And I find that uh, listening to podcasts is probably my more, more interesting <laughs> learning method. Um, I have used some books as well, um, but not very often. So maybe once a week. So I don't use that very often. But the things I do daily is other podcasts um, and weekly are the tutors. Uh, and then the character writing, I try and do that um, every day. And I try to set a goal for so five characters, five new characters a day. Um, so I think it's more about having a system now. So I, I have a, right, I just start my study session and I start with characters, five, five characters. And then after that, I would probably uh, go through a goal list or just go through some uh, reading um, and just re reviewing what I've learned in the past. Would you say that kind of a system, you wouldn't have had it as fixed as at the beginning? Like, do you, do you yeah. think the, mm -hmm. you've gotten into a better routine or were there parts of the system 
that you you felt you maybe weren't applying as well at the very start that you've improved on? Yes, yes. So if I didn't know what I liked or what would work, um, so I tried different things and um, different podcasts. That was the thing as well. I, there were so, there are so many podcasts available uh, for the Chinese, and I just had to. I basically went through all of them until I found one that I really enjoyed. So I found I just chose that one. So it was mainly a, um, trying to find what I would like to use long term. And that took time, the first challenge, uh, but I think it was well worth it. You've obviously made really great progress as you've done these challenges, but I'm curious to know what things you still find challenging in Chinese. Okay, so I think for me it's the listening still, um, especially when um, the native speakers speak really fast and, and they use more complex words. So that's the most challenging part for me. So I'm still working on, um, on that. Um, and I would like to reach you know, a higher level, intermediate level. And I think at the moment I'm still sort of between beginner and intermediate, that sort of crux. Um, so I'd like to reach uh, probably B2 level if possible. And do you have any, uh, any big long-term goals in terms of maybe uh, obviously when it's safe to do so to travel to China or maybe sit an HSK exam? Do you have any big ideas like that on the horizon? Uh, I think I would like to do an HSK exam. I think that would be my next goal. Uh, in terms of traveling, that would be something else as well. So I would like to do that with the family. Yeah, so one day. <laughs> what are some of the best surprises that learning a new language has given you? Oh, so the main thing is um, meeting new people. Um, yeah, so learning with others, that's been a very nice, um, I found that it's quite um, pleasant, actually. Um, and just being in the same situation now uh, with the social uh, restrictions, that everyone is in the same boat. And it's quite interesting uh, what people are doing in each certain different country around the world. Um, so I think the, the social uh, aspect there has been quite useful. Um, given that we can't really go out and make new friends now. So, uh, so this is the best, best thing now, I think, um, to, to have some, develop some friendships and some um, uh, links with other people and just to be able to talk with other people with the same interests. When a lot of people think about learning Chinese, uh, it, one thought that comes into their mind is that it's the hardest language in the world. It's just it looks like it's impossible to wrap your head around. How have you uh, changed that perspective? And what would you say if somebody w wanted to learn Chinese and felt very intimidated by it, what would you say to them to encourage them? I would say start with just doing pinyin um, because that's the easier method of trying to learn uh, Chinese um, and develop uh, or getting the vocabulary. So I don't think it's difficult language to learn. Um, I think the... The overall, I think the characters might be difficult, um, but there's actually speaking uh, isn't difficult at all. The actual grammar of, of Chinese is quite um, simple and it, it, and it doesn't change. And even the, the speaking, um, even though there are tones, there's only one way of saying a word, um, whereas in English there are actually multiple ways of saying the same word with different accents. Whereas in Chinese, there's only one standard. The standard Mandarin is only one way of saying it. So it's actually quite easy. If you can get that, um, the tones right, uh, you will be understood by everyone in China, in Chinese. So I think that's the easier, uh, easier language in that sense. Um, 
And the PIM unit itself is quite easy to learn. Um, and it's only when you start getting into character writing and learning that you might find it a little bit more challenging. But um, the method that I use, I find um, learning the characters through um, uh, sort of uh, stories or um, pictographs. I think that, that really helps just to help it to uh, sink into your to memory. If you were to do the challenge again with completely new language, what language would you pick and why? Uh, my next language, uh, maybe Japanese or Korean. Yeah, so I, I, I like the, um, I find that the characters are very pretty. <laughs> so I think everything that is pretty for me, I like to try and learn. So even the Chinese characters, I've always had a fascination with how to read those characters and how to write them. So I think um, having learning, learning it now, I find that it's not so hard. It's actually, there's a system like in everything else, there's a system of writing it. And I think it's so pretty. And I, so I like the Japanese characters. And I like the um, <laughs> Korean <laughs> characters as well. So that might be my, my second language. Mm. Since this is the Language Hacking Podcast, we always like to get an idea from people what, uh, what their idea of language hacking is. So how would you define language hacking? All right. So I, find, I think it's finding the simplest, uh, easiest method to continue learning the language um, and also the most interesting and fun method. So that will keep you interested in continuing. Um, for me, it's consistency is the main thing. So if you're consistent in your learning, you will make progress. Um, and I know that, you know, if there are always setbacks, um, as I mentioned before, there's you know, things that happen in life that can challenge that. So, um, but if you have that consistency and make it a habit, um, and as having a system, then you will make progress. And I think that's the, that's the key for me. To someone who is considering starting the Fluent Three Months Challenge, what would your advice to them be? I think that's a great thing. I think uh, you will see uh, progress. You will uh, find uh, people that are in the same boat as you are, um, and you will. Uh, I think you will enjoy it. Yeah. So you will see progress if you follow the um, the system. Uh, from day zero to day 90. So um, as long as you have some sort of system you use every day, um, yeah, there won't be any problems. Okay. Um, well, those are all the questions that I have for you today. Benny, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask Lisa? Yeah, if, uh, I guess if you had any general encouraging words for people who are starting off to learn any language and would be um, either considering the challenge or even learning by themselves and feeling intimidated. Is there some, something you might say to them that uh, now that you've gone through it yourself multiple times um, mm. to encourage them as they're getting started? So I would say um, uh, if you're looking for a system, if you're looking for something that would get you motivated to learn a language, um, and to be able to start off really well. Um, I think the Fluent Three Months Challenge is a great way of doing that uh, because I think, as I said, uh, speaking a language is the most important and there's no other way of doing that except to, you know, with a tutor, um, having uh, online lessons or face-to-face -face lessons. But um, the, the motivation to continue with the challenge is the important thing as well it's because you have to do uh, the videos at day zero, day 30, day 60, and day 90. So you, you have to, you're 
you're motivated to actually show some improvement. Um, you have those deadlines, you have the goals. And I think having goals is also very important. So if your goal is to speak for 15 minutes, you, um, you have to do that. So you actually get the motivation to do that. And you have the, um, the other language learners and the coaches to help you. So that is the best thing as well. So you're not by yourself, you're not alone. Um, and you can always ask questions, you're always supported. And I think that's also um, one of the highlights of this challenge. Thank you. <laughs> I agree that if you are um, participating in the challenge to definitely take advantage of the coaches that are there with you, that they're there to support you, they're there to answer your questions, and they're there to help you through whatever motivations, dips, plateaus, anything that you may experience over those 90 days. So I really appreciate that bit of advice. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. That's okay. Thank you. Yeah, and is there any, any uh, other project uh, other than your uh, language learning one that you'd like to share with people? Um, no other projects, no. I think this is actually taking up <laughs> about an hour or two a day. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, we really appreciate you coming on the uh, podcast and, of course, uh, the resources that you had mentioned and, obviously, the challenge itself. If anyone's curious about anything about that, we'll have uh, all of that in the show notes to uh, today's episode. And um, have I forgotten anything to add to that, Shannon? And if you're interested in taking part in one of the challenges, you can visit fluentin3months.com and click the button that says course, and you can find out everything you need to know about the challenge. And of course, if you have questions, you're welcome to get in touch with us. That's right. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us today, Louisa. All right, that's all right. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Shannon. Really appreciate your time. And to everybody else, I hope you found this uh, informative, and I otherwise wish you very happy language learning with your own project. And we'll see you next time. Language learning. Hey there, it's Shannon here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I loved the time I spent chatting with Louisa. Louisa shared how creating a system for her language studies helped her start making significant progress in Chinese. The key to this system is to be consistent in your learning. That means doing something every day. Things may happen in your life that make this difficult, but with consistent learning, you'll begin to see that you make big steps forward. Louisa's tips for staying consistent were to, one, find a tutor that you enjoy working with, two, choose the resources you can turn to on a daily basis, three, set aside the time each day to work on your language. Consistency is key. And if you want help on this, why not join us in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, where you'll be coached by me and community coaches like Louisa. You can find out more at fluentinthreemonths.com slash challenge. Thanks for listening and happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.